The early months of a baby's life consist of crucial neurodevelopmental windows that lay the groundwork for later outcomes. So we're on a mission to help parents and professionals look at development through a holistic lens. By creating homes that promote connection through play, we can make a huge difference in our little ones for years to come. Welcome back to the Dr. Nurture Podcast. I'm your host, Macy Bassler. I'm a doctor of physical therapy and certified breastfeeding specialist. I am flying solo once again because Kaylee is moving. And so today I'm going to be sharing with you about the very random topic of breastfeeding and specifically some things that you can do in the first few days after delivering um, in order to set yourself up for the highest chance of success with a breastfeeding journey um, down the road and you know even months and a year plus down the road um, so with that being said you know it really is super crucial that you really hit it hard with some specific strategies there in the beginning um, in order to set yourself up hormonally and um, you know just physically to have the most optimal breastfeeding relationship down the road because the things that happen in those early hours and early days really do affect how much milk you will make uh, like months down the road even um, and can prevent a lot of supply issues because a lot of women I know um, either struggle with low supply or you know perceived low supply whether that's real or just perceived is a whole other conversation um, but one of the first things that you can do after delivery and I do want to preface by saying like not everybody has the most ideal birth experience uh, trauma definitely happens uh, unexpected c-sections or whatever um, things can happen and you don't always get the most peaceful and idealistic environment um, but these are things that you can do um, you know take what bits and pieces that you can and apply them to your situation this is kind of like best case scenario in a perfect world and perfect delivery you know um, if that even exists but this is just best practice um, so take what's relevant to you and just hold that as the standard that you can strive for so the first thing that you can do after delivery is just initiate breastfeeding within the first hour after delivering and usually hospitals are pretty good about this now especially the baby friendly hospital you know tagged hospitals um will really let you protect that golden hour which i'll talk about golden hour next in a minute but um whenever you know your baby is born and they set you set it on your chest and it's this wonderful awesome bonding experience um many times within that first little bit they will the baby will try to uh, latch on anyways um but if if you do find yourself in a situation in a hospital where they're not just like kind of actively encouraging it um you can now you know that you can try to really advocate for you and your baby in order to try to initiate that first feed um uh, something that's really helpful for this a lot of times can be 
um, of course you're you're likely reclined back anyways if you're birthing in a hospital or you know maybe otherwise um, but just reclining back at an angle not completely flat but and just p placing the baby prone on your chest not um, necessarily holding it like a you know cradling it in your elbow but if you put the baby like just in the middle of your chest there's so many reflexes that will kick in and um, actually you don't even need to latch to the baby if you give the baby the time and space and of course in the absence of any um, birth injury or delays or anything anything that might have you know not gone great but a healthy typical newborn will fresh out the womb be able to exercise these reflexes and do what they call the breast crawl and find their way to your breast and latch on completely without uh, adults intervening or anything like that. So that might be something you want to do some more research on. Just kind of, it's hard to explain on a podcast how you can set up that positioning. But if you look up breast crawl, I think like the WHO has done a pretty cool video on it um, and just explaining that process. Um, so that that's definitely getting that first hour uh, of feed or an attempted feed in with your baby is going to be great for setting you guys up for success later and kind of setting you on a good hormonal trajectory. Um, and even, you know, the suckling starting that early really helps you as the mom with uh, stopping bleeding, slowing down bleeding and beginning your healing journey as well. Um, so that is the first thing you can do and I mentioned the golden hours so this is the next thing um, and like I said hospitals are getting better about protecting this time together but if you're not familiar the golden hour is the first hour after birth and the hospital worker or the nurse or you know whatever if you're at home whoever is there handing you the baby um, you put it on your chest and um, they, they save all of like the, the weighing and the, um, you know, stick in the heel for glucose measurements if they need that or whatever. Um, they kind of save that for after this first hour. Um, of course, once they make sure that the baby's like, okay. Um, but then it's supposed to be just a time of you and the baby and, you know, your partner to really just bond and enjoy it without a bunch of people intervening and like trying to talk to you and distract you and all this. Um, and there's a lot of research that has come out on this now that just speaks of how um, just there's such an emotional component to it. And of course, with emotions being comprised of, um, you know, neurotransmitters and all kinds of other uh, endocrine processes that, you know, facilitate the production and release of milk. Um, just as being one small little piece of it, of course, but for the sake of, uh, the breastfeeding conversation, um, this time and having the peacefulness of it is another thing that is really crucial for bringing in your milk supply. Um, and then just, you know, carrying over from the golden hour, really having these moments consistently with your baby as much as you're able to, of just like totally locked in, engaged skin to skin I don't know if I said that that you know the golden hour you are skin to skin and um yeah of course within the gold 
golden hour, of course, you do initiate the first feed, ideally. So that is another thing. The next thing, as I have mentioned a lot of times already, is skin to skin. And this can also be referred to as kangaroo care. You're just keeping the baby against your bare chest with them in a diaper only. Um, back to the whole, I mean, I just sound like a broken record with all of the hormones and stuff. But there's just so much with the whole entire attachment process. It's just really hormonally driven and, you know, brain chemistry that really not only causes lactation to be you know successful or at least lays the foundation for it to be successful pending that everything else goes well as far as like structure and all that um but also it's just foundational for creating that attachment bond between a parent and child there's so much that's just like chemical with that um yeah so i just want to kind of emphasize that that there really is so much chemistry with that not that you can't bond with a child that you did not birth but you definitely can bond in a significantly deeper way if you're um, particularly intentional about some you know just giving space for more of these biological processes oxytocin is the big hormone that is released whenever um, you are doing like kangaroo care with your baby and and skin to skin does not just have to be um the mother and the baby it can be you know the dad and the baby too um but another piece of this that is really crucial is the the baby has a very strong sense of smell and very driven by their sense of smell at this point in their life and so learning what the mom smells like and um just associating her chest as like being where the source of food is um you know you do emit like special scents that that are associated with you and with your milk and you will not smell the same as any other mom on the planet um so your baby needs to learn what your smell is because it's very unique to to you um, and part of that is, again, part of the bonding process and just creating that association in their head um, that this is where their food comes from. And, you know, it can help drive more frequent feedings, uh, just kind of spending more time hanging out on your chest because, you know, there are all those smells right there. Um, you think of like whenever you're near a good restaurant and you smell the food and it smells delicious, like steak or something and it makes you hungry and so of course we know that the more frequently that a baby feeds that that milk supply is a, a supply and demand process so the more that they are stimulating the breast trying to draw milk out then the more your body's gonna produce milk so that is another piece that's crucial another thing is that you need to pump or feed your baby every two to three hours um, because really, um, you know, in, for every 24 hours, your baby should feed 8 to 12 times. And th this can vary a good amount depending on, you know, the mom and kind of the storage capacity of the breasts and how much milk is being transferred at once. Like some babies may feed 
closer to 12 times in 24 hours. And that can be totally normal, if not a lot more exhausting. Um, but you know, if they're getting a lot more milk at their feeds or, you know, maybe they're just a lot more efficient at drawing milk out and can get more in a lesser amount of time and, or just get more in general and don't need to eat as often, um, then you'd be closer to every three hours or eight times in 24 hours. And there is a little bit of, um, you know, grace for like an overnight feed. You might go four or five hours for that one stretch, um, without it being detrimental or anything. And the baby would probably let you know if given the opportunities that they need to make it up throughout the day, if their body is telling them that. So really feeding should be very baby driven and it's important to give them opportunities um, around the clock to feed whenever they show signs of hunger. So like bringing hands to the mouth, um, just fidgeting, getting really restless, that can be an indicator, um, smacking their lips, uh, those are the big ones. Or, you know, if you know that enough time has passed that they're acting hungry, then that could be another thing. But if your baby is sleeping, it may be a case where you need to wake them up if it's been too long and if they are um, in danger of, you know, being on the, the lower side of, you know, if they're really tiny or if they're premature, of course, you definitely want to do that. If they have low blood sugars, um, then they would need to be woken up. But a lot of times, like, you can follow the baby's lead with a typically developing infant. And just as a general rule, if you miss a feeding with the baby, so if it goes more than three hours, then you need to pump to replace it. I somehow, like, didn't catch on to this with my first baby and didn't realize that and even though she was feeding and not acting um, hungry or anything she just like wasn't nursing as much and so I just wasn't feeding her as much you know because we'd started foods as well solid foods and so I wasn't replacing those feeds with pumping and ended up really of course tanking my milk supply and she ended up falling off of her growth chart really bad and I didn't even realize it you know because she just wasn't a fussy baby and never acted hungry so all that to say every two to three hours is pretty crucial replace it with a pump session if you don't feed um, and then also at the same time I'm not saying force feed your baby um, if they're not hungry if they're still taking in plenty uh, it, you know, in like just larger increments for, you know, larger spaced out increments of time, that's fine too. My last little tidbit for um, advice to help maximize milk supply and set you off on a good breastfeeding journey is to learn from the beginning or probably even before birth how to hand express milk. Honestly, I didn't even learn how to do this with my first baby. And there's a lot of research now that talks about the importance of hand expressing in order to uh, remove more milk after a baby feeds. And of course, you can collect it and save it for the baby or just, you know, go ahead and give it to the baby. And also you can do after pumping because a lot of times, most of the time, actually, there is more milk to be expressed 
um, past what you are pumping out or what the baby is removing. And for whatever reason, hand expression will work better for removing it. And in addition to this, it's just more stimulation to the breast, um, kind of mimicking the baby with the, you know, with the suckling that in itself stimulates more milk production. But then again, the actual milk removal. So the more milk you remove per feeding, your body's going to tell your brain, oh, you need to set things in motion to create even more milk to fill back up the breast because the baby is, you know, about to not be getting enough. So it can set you in a good place to start making a dent in, um, in your milk supply and, and uh, increasing it. A lot of times if a baby is having a hard time latching, um, which is not uncommon when they're super teeny tiny and um, if there's any kind of birth trauma, especially, you know, like delivered sunny side up or turn funny, uh, a vacuum or forceps were used uh, or just a long strenuous delivery, um, then there will be a lot of times issues with latching. We see that a lot. Um, or if there's just tightness throughout the body. Um, and in that case, like, of course you still want to get milk in the baby and you may not necessarily want to just jump to f a formula. So moms, a lot of times will just hand express into a spoon or something like that. Um, and then you can spoon feed the baby, syringe feed the baby, bottle feed the baby. Of course, if that works out well, sometimes even a bottle is difficult. Um, particularly with preemies too, that's more of the concern there. But anyways, you can, you can get creative with it, but just know that hand expression is an option to get more milk extracted in order to help more milk come back in and set you off on a good, good journey there. Another note that I'll throw in here about the pumping, if you are if you think you're at risk for not having a good milk supply, if, um, you know, you feel like you don't have the best, uh, set up with the amount of glandular tissue that you have, um, or if you have any kind of, you know, genetic syndrome or, you know, PCOS, for example, is one, not a genetic syndrome, but just a condition that can affect your ability to create milk, um, not, not all the time, but commonly, um, then you may want to take extra precautions to, um, stimulate your body to create even more milk than what would, you know, usually be necessary in like a typical situation. So to do this, you could, and I don't know that I would do this right off the bat, but like, for example, I, not for any reason other than fear um, from accidentally starving my first baby. But with my second baby, I hit it hard when I got home from the hospital and would pump three times a day on top of, you know, feeding him every single feeding. Um, I'm not saying do that. That is way too much. And most women would get like clogged ducts and mastitis and that kind of thing. Uh, fortunately, I didn't have to deal with any of that. I never had issues, but I created a tremendous oversupply, um, which can be a terrible thing for, it, in most cases it is. I had no idea at the time. You know, every baby is just an experiment. But 
on a less extreme version of that, you may pump a couple of times a day or just once. Maybe you know that you're going to be going back to work relatively quickly and you need to get a supply of milk kind of built up. Um, that could be a scenario in which you would want to, you know, kind of have a little bit of extra. Like I said, don't overdo it like I did, but an extra pump, maybe two a day. You know, you really just kind of have to test out what works for you. And of course, always consult an IBCLC to help you out um, because this is not medical advice. This is just little tidbits and, you know, just random bits of information that I wish somebody would have told me along the way. Of course, if I'd done an internet search or known what to search for, probably could have figured it out. But you don't know what you don't know until you make a lot of mistakes and learn the hard way. And one last thing I want to say, because I've seen this several times um, doing my hours. So I'm, I'm doing my hours still for IBCLC certification. Right now, I just have the lesser um, certified breastfeeding specialist certification, but now I'm getting clinical hours. And I've seen that uh, people will have babies who are having a hard time gaining weight um, for various reasons. Um, but the mom will oftentimes have a big stash of milk in the fridge. Give your baby the milk in the fridge if your baby is struggling to gain weight. Um, it it sounds so obvious that it's silly, but a lot of times it doesn't even like click in mom's heads. So anytime there's like an issue with weight gain, like give the baby the milk. Don't save it up for a rainy day. Like this is the special circumstance where you need a milk supply. And then once you get your baby, you know, leveled out and back on their growth chart good, once they get the strength built up to, you know, um, be feeling good and having more energy, then they are able to remove even more milk from your breast. You know, if you are directly breastfeeding and that will in turn increase your milk supply. So it's kind of like a, you know, positive feedback type thing. But anyways, I hope that these tips were helpful for anybody who might be expecting a little one or planning to expect a little one sometime. If you know anybody who is wanting to learn more about breastfeeding or thinking about it, maybe kind of sort of on the fence, definitely I would share this with them because these early days are very, very crucial for how a breastfeeding journey will go weeks and months down the road. Um, you really set so much of that foundation in the beginning. And I didn't mention, but a lot of times you don't get these early opportunities to be with your baby um, because of medical reasons or, or other reasons. But in that case, you know, you do the best you can with what you have. Anytime that you're able to get skin to skin or direct contact with your baby, that's awesome. Pumping like there's no tomorrow um, if you are separated is just crucial for having, having that supply come in um, because, you know, it really is more of an uphill battle in cases where there's a NICU stay and, you know, separation and all of that. It's time for the part of the show where we'll share a home hack. These are practical strategies that you, the parent, can put into place right now to optimize development within the context of your own home routines. 
my home hack for this week. I would encourage you to be very intentional about your feeding time and to not be on your cell phone or doing lots of other things like watching TV or anything, you know, just like anything mindless to really be intentional about making it a bonding time. And I know I've talked about this a lot, but the more you are engaged with your baby during this time, you know, you think about it like a meal that you'd have with your family sitting down at the dinner table, how it's just like not an awesome thing. And you don't connect a lot if everybody's like on their cell phones and just like disengaged from one another. But encouraging a lot of eye contact, you know, stroke your baby's head and pat him and you can talk to him and that kind of thing, you know, just like uh, one of your bigger kids at the dinner table. So that's something that you might find helpful for encouraging bonding and attachment. And also along with that comes the increase in milk supply. You know, they say that one of the best things you can do if you're pumping away from your baby is to like watch videos of your baby on your phone um, or look at pictures or like smell something of their like a blanket of theirs that you know just reminds you of them and that bond that you have so anyways just another tip for you hope you all have a good week thanks for listening bye-bye thank you for listening today subscribe to the show and leave us a review to help others find it so that they can learn more about how to raise healthy babies that turn into healthy adults visit nurturehealthhome.com for our blog and to find more information about how booking an infant wellness consultation could help you and your little one bond better and meet developmental milestones and you can also find us on the instagram at nurturehealthhome Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.